minute talk the dog the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give these are not hot takes these is dog takes can i talk that dog Shut up and grab some tape. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Film Guy Network on a beautiful Thursday evening. Hey, we got a saying around here. Last shows, best shows. Last shows of the week, best shows of the week right here. Dialing it up two hours in a row. We're going to bring the juice right here on the platform. Hope that you guys do as well, both in the chats, in the comments, and of course, in your support. Making sure you're hitting that thumbs up button, like and subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. But of course, it is a Thursday, which not, not only means... Last show, best show. Not only means bringing the juice on into the weekend, but it also means I got a recipe for you. I've been cooking it up all week via film study. Okay, getting that extra analysis in, grinding it late, grinding that tape, all right, and finding out a way to a, find a way to find a recipe for success and a key to the victory for Saturday for your Georgia Bulldogs here in the chat. So welcome in. Glad to have you here. Uh, we're going to start on the offensive side of the football. And for the second week in a row, Georgia faces a blitz football team. This is a zone blitz football team. However, last week it was a man blitz football team from uh, Missouri. You've seen two of those this year. You saw a uh, man pressure team versus South Carolina. You saw a man pressure team against Missouri. You are now seeing a zone pressure team from Ole Miss, very similar to what you saw from Auburn several weeks ago, though I don't think they necessarily have the playmakers at the uh, safety position that Auburn did. Nonetheless, last week was about getting a hat on a hat, right? Ident identifying the five or six guys that are ultimately going to be coming and pressuring us and who's playing man coverage behind that. It's very similar to that this week, except it's far more about identifying what's going on and letting the football rip, right? Zone blitzes are often better disguised than man blitzes. Do we have Epic Pen ready up over there? Get Epic Pen ready. I think we might be going to a concept of the day. I feel one just itching up on me. Um, but anyways, zone blitzes are very, very, not necessarily easy to disguise, but they're much easier to disguise as opposed to man blitzes. Are we ready? Okay, but anyways, when you have a man blitz, right, you kind of have to get over who you're ultimately going to cover. In a zone blitz, you might be able to disguise it a little bit better. Here's what, here's what I mean. Okay. Let's take it to the board. Ha, 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 woo. Um, here we go. All right, so, woo, get out of here. You got over there quick, man. I did, my bad, bro. Uh, you know, I, it's Thursday. I told you I was going to bring the juice. All right, here we go. If I have a, uh, a, a tight end over here, let's say I have a Z receiver, all right, and I have a, uh, a nickel defender. Let's call him a, a, a star defender over here, right? And I have a corner over here. We're playing man coverage. Well, if I'm going to blitz this guy, right, and play man coverage over the top of him, I now have to roll my safety over the top of that guy so he has proper leverage so he's not running over there post-snap and trying to get over the top of him. So when we see this stacked alignment as an offense, hey, we, we kind of know that guy's probably coming. They're adding that guy into the equation. Now, if they're playing some type of zone defense, right? Let's draw the same look. I don't know why I put an E. We're trying to mark, mark a Z over here. Let's play a zone defense, right? Let's, let's just draw it up with like, hey, maybe a safety splitting the difference and kind of a linebacker right here splitting the difference over number two. Well, now we don't necessarily know who might be cracking and replacing on these, on these zone blitzes, right? So it's a lot more dependent, guys, on the quarterback this week than it necessarily is the offensive line. Again, last week was about getting hats on hats, making sure we identify which guys are coming and which guys are, are, 
are going to ultimately be covering right this week they might be able to hide it a little bit more so what i'm trying to tell you is last week far more of an emphasis on your offensive line identifying executing this week far more about your quarterback identifying hey this is where the pressure's coming from. Now we have a void on this side of the defense because of that, right? Identifying and getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. I don't necessarily worry about whether or not Georgia's going to find the right five guys that are coming. This offensive line is very, 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 um, you know, experienced, right? And that helps out a lot in these types of football games. Again, not going to be able to necessarily identify it as well as you have in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think you have to have to pick on number four from Ole Miss, Perkins. I think he's going to be a really, really good football player, borderline great by the time he gets done playing. But he's playing as a freshman right now, and it's very obvious that he is a freshman. Even eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks into the season, teams are, are putting him in vulnerable situations and making him make decisions, uh, you know, at game speed. And you can tell he's still a freshman. So I would imagine Mike Bobo does, does something whether it be with motions in the run game or whether it be some type of trickeration or whether it be maybe some slipped uh, action from the tight end, there is going to be something that occupies and takes advantage of some young eyes there at the linebacker position on Saturday. I think it's a major key to being explosive on the offensive side of the football. I think you have to remain explosive and just, just absolutely destroying zone defenses. I think it's the beauty of this offense, to be honest with you. Like, as much as people talk about how Georgia doesn't necessarily have the dynamic weapons that other perennial powerhouses do, like, say, uh, an Ohio State, or maybe they don't have the flashy weapons that, say, maybe like a USC does, or even like a Washington does. Well, no, they don't, but their system lives off of, uh, of destroying zone coverage. And, and despite the fact that they may not have these types of weapons, I haven't seen very many football teams think that they can line up for four quarters and play man coverage. And even the teams that do kind of ultimately end up giving up explosives like we saw with South Carolina and Missouri. So I'm intrigued to see if y'all continue to still destroy teams that seemingly want to continue to line up in zone coverage. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I would do what South Carolina and Missouri did. I, I, would, I would live and die by the fact that I'm just going to try to cover them and get after them today. Because, again, South Carolina has, like, bottom, bottom six – in, in the conference, bottom five in the conference, weapons and athletes on that defensive side of the football. And they held you to, what, 27 points in that football game, 29 mm -hmm. points in that football game, whatever, sub-30, okay? Um, and, and they lived and died by and, and clogged some things up, as did Missouri. But that's not who this football team's been on tape. Uh, I'd be intrigued to see if they came out and, and just kind of reverted to something that they weren't, right? This is a quarters football team that rolls into thirds versus three by one. So if you give them two by two, they're going to try to play a quarter shell to it. If you give them three by one, they're going to play cover three to it. So they're going to be in zone coverage. Does Bobo in this offense continue to destroy those types of defenses? My mindset tells me yes. My mindset tells me you're going to have some explosives on Saturday. You'll receive, you'll see that, uh, you know, idea and that concept and that thought process show up in my bold predictions as well not to spoil too much of that let's flip over to the defensive side of the football um, I'm rolling here on it boys let's flip over to the defensive side of the football hey if Ole Miss gashes or oh no, no excuse me we're not flipping we're balancing this says balance the defense not defense we're going to balance the defense all right if Ole Miss gashes or gasses you Meaning, if they hit you with a quick explosive, you've got to respond as an offense accordingly, right? You might have to score quickly. You might have to answer a, an immediate momentum type of swing if they gash you. 
Well, what if they gas you? What if they take like eight or nine plays, and 10 plays, and really get down the field like we've seen Ole Miss be able to do with their run game? Well, at that point, you got to balance that as an offense as well. Maybe time for you to start taking the air out of the ball as well to give your defense an opportunity to, uh, you know, respond, get things sorted out on that sideline, and, and, and gas themselves back up before going back out on the field. You can't have Ole Miss score quickly. You give the ball back quickly with no answer just as well as you can't have Ole Miss score or Ole Miss drive 12 plays, turn it over on downs, and then you go three and out. That's a very, very quick way for you to gas out your defense. You have to play complimentary football. And we'll talk about this a little bit in, our, in another one of our topics tonight. But that's kind of who you've been uh, designed to be. You've been designed to be a complimentary football program under Kirby Smart. So I don't necessarily worry about that one uh, when it comes to, hey, the offense needs to pick up here in this type of facet for the defense. That's who, you're, that's who your identity as a program is. Uh, another one, Dejon Edwards out of the backfield this week, I think is a major key, right? I've been telling you, they're a zone football team, whether it be quarters, whether it be cover three, whatever they're, whatever they're running, Nine times out of 10, when you get a real zone football team that's bailing out on third down or bailing out on obvious passing downs or really, really trying to get back and keep everything up underneath them, well, that kind of tends for running backs in the flat to be nice and open, right? Check downs to be nice and open, all right, on early downs. That means Dejon Edwards out in the flat against grass, all right? So people are going to be pursuing him and I'm going to tell you right now, for a football team in the SEC that doesn't tackle well, that's a nightmare situation. Dejon Edwards out in space. So I think the ability to maybe check the ball down against, again, a team that's going to be playing a lot of zone, maybe force them to tackle when dumping it out on early downs. I think that might be a recipe for success. Now, let's get a little greedy. Let's talk about what's extra in the game plan. What would be ideal? Okay, again, I'm being greedy. I'm saying, hey, play a 100% perfect football game. This is how you do it. Uh, three or four, three or four. Be 75% on your explosive shots. Georgia taking about one, maybe two, one and a half uh, deep shots per quarter this season. You got to be 75% on Saturday. Show me that you can do this. I want to know, not for tomorrow or not for Saturday. I want to know for January, can you hit 75% of those deep shots? I want to rush explosive. Now, I know Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards aren't these types of backs, but I want one. Again, I'm being greedy. I want a 40-yard ripper on Saturday. I want to see somebody bust out, get out in the open field, and stick their foot in the gas and get after it for a little bit. We haven't seen that since Vanderbilt. I want to see that this weekend. Again, I know I'm being greedy. And I want Oscar Delt and Carson Beck to hit up on, a, on an explosive on Saturday. And again, I think it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that in my bold predictions. Let's flip over finally to the defensive side of the football. Boy, ooh. We cooking on this recipe. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Defense. Hey, it's almost the triple option. Slick. Like, as close to a triple option as we can possibly get in the run game uh, in 2023 outside of Air Force, who's actually still running it for some reason. 17-point um, deficit you're never going to come back from. Just letting you know. But this Ole Miss offense, a lot of run threats, right? A lot of uh, – uh, you know, looks that you have to stop. That's what I mean by it's almost a triple option. You have to be prepared at all times to stop a variety of things all at once. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I would never claim to be. I would, I would, if I ever got into, you know, college coaching, it would be immediately on the offensive side of the football. And as we tried to climb the ranks, we would flip over to the defensive side of the football just to learn and challenge ourselves. But we would remain an offensive mind because of stuff like this. I don't know how you fit this. I don't know how you get everybody in the right gap. I don't know how you account for everything, all right, and get it all fitted up. But I've never, I've never not worried or, or never worried about Glenn Schumann's ability to figure that shit out because 
well, he's the best, right? He's the best in the sport. And every single time, again, one of these trickeration run-based offenses comes and faces Georgia, particularly at home, they kind of get stymied. Like, you have to be able to line up and beat Georgia. You can't line up and out-trick Georgia um, normally. And it's because of that right there, because Glenn Schumann's ability to fit these things up properly. Um, hey, you got to smoke some darts on Saturday. Big Tobacco going to love this segment <laughs> right here. You got to smoke some darts on Saturday, all right? Whenever Jackson Dart, who runs like a tight end, by the way, 6'3", 225 pounds what he's listed at. I'd say about 235, all right? Runs like a tight end. You better hit him like a tight end. You better address him thusly. All right, he is going to be somebody who runs with some aggressiveness. Um, and again, you got to smoke some darts on Saturday. When you get him out in grass, you got to pummel him. You got to make him pay uh, for out there running around. And when you rush him as a pass rusher, rush him with integrity. We've talked about that all week. You can't give him lanes. You got to mush rush. You got to push that pocket. You cannot rush him on different levels um, and make them walk it defense. You got to make this football team walk it. I don't believe Lane Kiffin wants to be three yards in a cloud of dust. In fact, I think that makes him want to pull his hair out. I think that's the last thing he wants to be. I think he wants to be explosive. I think he wants to be fun. I think he wants to be razzle dazzle. He does not want to eat his vegetables, make him do it on Saturday. Uh, now let's talk about the obvious, you know, elephant in the room, Trey Harris. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with Trey Harris? Um, I don't know. I, I, he's, I don't think he's going to kill you. I don't, um, because I don't think you allow things like this to happen. Eventually, you'll take him away with some type of safety help or giving him some type of help or something. Um, but I also don't think he's going to kill you from their offensive standpoint. This isn't a, a 12, 15 reception guy. This isn't a large target share football player. This is all boom, okay? When he gets the ball, it's going to be explosive unless you play a bunch of man coverage against him like Texas A&M did last, or a couple weeks ago last week. And he's going to run some slants and some underwork stuff and then get, over, get on the top of you with some, uh, you know, 50-50 balls, things like that. But this is not uh, what Luther Burden was to Missouri in the sense that we want to try to get 12 touches to this football player every single Saturday. No, this is the guy that they use to take the top off the defense. Do not let him do that and you'll be fine. I know that sounds really, really uh, hard. It's much harder in, in execution than it is in concept. But it's okay. All right. It'll be all right. I, I here's what I think. And this these kind of takes really I I get nervous about doing them. But I watch enough tape, I feel comfortable about saying this. Trey, Trey Harris is a good football player. He is a really good football player. But the system is really, really good as well. All right. There's a reason that I don't think Trey Harris's name gets brought up in the conversation of Malik Neighbors or uh, the, the, the Wilson kid or the Keon Coleman kid down from Florida State or Marvin Harrison Jr. or Luther Burden or any of these guys or Roma Dunze or, or Jaden Polk. All these, all these elite top-end first-round discussion wide receivers, Trey Harris's name is not yet mentioned in that discussion because, again, I think a lot of people see what I see where it's like, all right, He's running go balls. He ran a corner every once in a while against Auburn. He runs some slants. Let's take that away. Let's not let them be explosive on us today. Let's try. But let's not design a game plan solely around Trey Harris, all right? Um, I think you can out-athlete this, this offensive line tremendously, tremendously. I think Georgia's defensive line is filled with a bunch of athletes that might make this uh, offensive line from Ole Miss, it might make their head spin just a little bit, okay? Because they really haven't seen anything like this. Honest, except for Alabama. The closest thing outside of that, believe it or not, guys, Tech's got a bunch of freaks. Tech's got a bunch of guys on that front four that are absolute athletes, and they gave Ole Miss some problems for four quarters with regards to getting pressure on the quarterback. I think you see 
I think you see uh, Glenn Schumann design some run stunts, some uh, some pass game stunts, some things that put this offensive line in horizontal stress, making them go left to right. That is a problem for this unit. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're getting into the greedy discussion, all right, I want to see number three travel only on only on critical downs. I want to see Kamari Lasseter versus Trey Harris on critical downs. Third and 17, if they think they can bail themselves out with a back shoulder ball, no, they cannot because Kamari Lasseter is on Trey Harris. If it's third and 14 and they think they can do something funky and, and get a, you know, a double move on Trey Harris on Dalen Everett, let's not allow that. Let's take that out of the game plan, uh, ideally, if they allow us to. I know they're a football team that plays with a bunch of pace, but if, I, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I want to put my best guy on their best guy on these critical downs that normally are giveaway possessions, right? Giveaway plays for the offense. This offense doesn't play like this. This offense threatens and presses and stresses for four quarters and for four downs. So you have to be able, again, in critical downs to be able to take Trey Harris away because they're going to lean on him. Uh, number two, I want sacks, lots of them. I'm thinking like, like four or five. Like four or five. I think Jackson Dart, when mush rushed, when the pocket is pushed on him, he will sack himself. He will run into bodies. All right. So be be diligent and be disciplined in your rush. And I think you can get this guy on the down on, on the ground. And then the last one, if I'm being greedy, this one's all about you guys. This one's all about you guys listening. I want to see a bunch of false starts. I want to see a bunch of false starts on Saturday. Uh, not only because it will lead to success for this defense, but I want to see it because I want to be right. I want to be right about this offense being way too complex to travel into a harsh situation. Welcome into tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you, as you can tell off the top. Just about 20 minutes right there, 15 minutes straight of your boy not taking a breath. Um, so, yeah, welcome in. We got a great one for you. We got bold predictions. We're going to talk a little bit about the differences in styles between these two programs. Is Ole Miss truly the end game for Lane Kiffin? I don't think so. We'll tell you why. Uh, visitors list is packed this weekend. Going to be a little bit of a teaser there. We do have a rain update. We're going to play Guess That Dog and Final Predictions. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. Good. I think this might be the latest introduction we've ever had. <laughs> this is a solid 20. Yeah. Yeah, because now the, the – Felt the, like old times. Yeah, the, for real. <laughs> Felt like old times. Uh, the countdown climber – or countdown now is only like two and a half minutes. So that was 17 and a half minutes. Yes. That was good shit. No, no uh, breaks, no nope. commercials, Just no nothing. I, 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 I know one person in this industry that can do that and do that as well. Um, and it's Josh Pate. I don't know. And, and maybe Piquel because he's asked to do so. God, they produce a lot of content like we do. But you guys were brought into this studio for that purpose. Because I got a catch in my rib right now because I felt like I just ran an 800 meter. Like, really? I mean, not like that, but like when you when you talk as much as I just did, yeah. It's I mean, there wasn't much inhale there; it was all exhale. Yeah, you got to breathe, man. Yeah, no breathing treatments. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Woosfraba. Um, nah, great show for you guys tonight. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Prize Picks today. We gave you a lock last night. Uh, I'll run back in the notes and run it back down. I know it was Dejon Edwards eighty-eight and a half. Uh, it was Carson Beck two eighty-five and a half. Uh, over on that, Ron Ron Thomas, 37 and a half over on that. Uh, and we liked the lad McConkey at 68 and a half on the over on that. And we took the under on uh, Trey Harris at 67. I think it was yeah, 67 right. yesterday as well. Yeah. So if you want to get in on that action, I'm going to tweet it out tomorrow. So get in now before those lines change, because I promise you they will. Over on Prize Picks, using promo code Brooks, you get a 100% deposit match 
over there today. I uh, also want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Athletic Collection. All these dope posters you see around uh, the studio that aren't handcrafted by my beautiful children. They are Athletic Collection posters. They are a name, image, and likeness play for these athletes that you see around the studio and on the Athletic Collections website. The link is in the description of this video. Uh, so yeah, a portion of those revenues will go directly to those players' pockets. So make sure you go uh, get some nice wall decorations. Uh, you know, if you're a college student listening today, maybe a little, a little dope little poster on your on your uh, you know dorm room wall. Hmm. You know, better than the I, I think the first wall poster I ever remember. My brother had a Britney Spears uh, Pepsi poster on the nice. wall, and it, boy was it! It was nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, get you a poster over the athletic <laughs> collection today. Um, what do we want to go for? What do we want to do first, boys? Do we want to talk about the differences in these styles of these football programs? Because I think it's one of the more interesting uh, discussions uh, that we're going to have this year, just in terms of how contradicting in styles these two individuals are and uh, the similarities in background. Like, there's a lot of crossover between these two individuals. Um, I think listening to Kirby this week, I think he learned. I think he learned a lot from Lane. Just talking to him because, you know, he crossed over with Lane after Lane had already had a burn down with like three different college, you know, two different college football programs and an NFL program. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine Kirby learned a lot about what not to do maybe from conversations with Lane. But I, I was talking to you guys pre-show about this and I, I prefaced it with saying it this way. Lane Kiffin coaches and plays the game of football like everybody who's ever played NCAA 14. Absolutely. Okay, anybody who's ever played the game, you want to call offense, you want to play offense, you want to you want to play the game like this dude plays it. Kirby on the other hand is very very opposite. Kirby is very boring, Kirby is very methodical, Kirby is very chicken and rice, whereas the other guy is very much so fast food and hot pockets. So, my question to you guys is like I know what results are with the results, but which would you prefer? If you were a football coach, how would you go about, you know, developing your program? Because I know as, a, as an individual, me personally, I would probably be as outgoing and as forthcoming and as upfront and, and, and myself in front of the, the camera as Lane is, whereas I think I would be as self-obsessed and like, not self-obsessed, but as like consumed with my work as, you know, Kirby is. So I think I would be kind of like a balance of both. But which I don't think would lead to results. I think you have to be one or the other. Hmm. Yeah, I think it also depends on the talent you have. Yes, I don't for think sure. I don't think the Ross that Ole Miss has can afford for a very boring, methodical approach to football because you're just not going to win games like that. You're going to get outplayed three times a season. Mm. So I think you do have to take those extra shots. You have to take those extra chances. You have to be a little spicier than per se a uh, Georgia or Alabama. I mean, he's talked oh, – Lane Kevin has admitted that. I mean, he's we, – we, we read that article, I think it was right before the season started, where he was like, kids don't want to come to Ole Miss to play football. And I know that. He said, I know that I'm not going to get the premier talent on the recruiting trail or really in the transfer portal. And if it is in the transfer portal, it's because we're just another stepping stone to where they're trying to get to next. It's not really because they love Ole Miss or they want to be a rebel or anything like that. And so that – but that also – him <laughs> – the way that he runs his offense, the way he runs the team, that does add some luster and some lore to his team of why you can get a Jackson Dart to come play quarterback with you because it is high-flying. It's all the bells and whistles on the offense. It's, it's going to get your attention because Lane Kiffin's going to stay in the media. So there is that draw to it. But then you also have Kirby Smart and Georgia, who their entire draw is we win football games, we win national titles, and people are going to have to talk about us because we're always relevant. 
Do you think he would play with a, a similar playing style if he didn't coach at Ole Miss? Like, if he if he could annually recruit in the top 12, do you think he would play with as much risk adverse, or would it even be ramped up even more? I don't think he would play with as much risk. I think he would still be one, known as one of the more riskier coaches. Though. I mean, yeah. f- going forward on fourth down hasn't become a super taboo thing in the last five years. No. Like, it's, it's, it's fairly common at this point. That, going for two, things such as that. So... I think he'd still take risk. I don't think he would do it as much because it, it, it almost sometimes seems like a desperation move. Just like we have to get something here or we're not because we're not going to be able to win this game. I'll yeah. tell you this much. Even if you went to a bigger program, which is where we're going to go with this discussion next, even if you went to a bigger program, I don't know if his offenses suddenly get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, are you going to – I mean, they might get more consistent on the road because you have better football players and you can just kind of line up and play like we've talked about. But I don't know if you can score more than 40 points a game like he yeah. kind of tends to do already. It would be a, a, a byproduct of my defense has got better, so I got better. Um, but, no, I think the, the one thing I talked to uh, a buddy of mine, Zach, over there on the Ole Miss on three side, I was on a podcast with him this week. And one thing he talked about was how Lane and this, you know, defensive coaches staff just didn't go out and sign a bunch of transfers, which they did. But it wasn't just like, hey, who was a five-star or a four-star that's unhappy where they're at, which is kind of what Colorado's doing. It's kind of what USC did to an extent. Um, it's more so now of, hey, who's a really good player that everyone missed out on that's balling out in the mid-majors right now? Let's go find that guy and bring him on campus because we know he's played a lot of college football. We know he probably got overlooked, and we know he's a baller. Florida State's taking a similar approach, right, uh, with, you know, I always forget his name, number five. The defense Jared Verse. Jared Verse. Verse. Um, you know, an example of a kid who's at a very, very small school, Albany, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and then balled out and got up to that that power five level. The same thing is going on right now with a lot of old misses defensive players. Um, which leads us, I guess, to our next question, guys. Uh, is Ole Miss the end game for Lane Kiffin? Mm-mm. I don't I don't think it is. Just based on the way that he's talked about the situation and the way and the type of person that Lane Kiffin is. It doesn't strike me as someone who wants to stay there for his entire career. Like, I mean, look look at the way, like, Nick Saban has talked about Alabama throughout his career, the way Kirby Smart has talked about his situation at the University of Georgia. I mean, he came in there and said, this was my dream job. And that ultimately tells you, like, this guy doesn't want to leave this because this is what he's been waiting for. Lane Kiffin doesn't talk about Ole Miss like that. He talks about it like, I'm happy to be here, obviously, and I want to build up a great program. But he's never said, like, I am super happy. But, like, even Sam Pittman, who's not even at a great program or, like, a bigger program, I mean, obviously, he, he's like, I love Arkansas. I put a freaking pig statue in my backyard. I do all of this stuff. Lane Kiffin doesn't strike me as that type of guy. Yeah, I think that Lane Kiffin is a – a plus or an A coach right now who's at a B plus job mm. and he's had three A plus jobs before. He would like to go back. He's at Tennessee, USC, mm. and the Raiders. So I think he's definitely on the trek to get back to a prominent national powerhouse of a school. And I think he understands that given the things that happened in the past, them it's going to take a process there. So that's why I think he's using Ole Miss as a stepping ground. He's been there for what five seasons now. Yeah. Sounds so I, th- right. I think he's kind of just riding it out at Ole Miss until per se. And Alabama becomes available. That's or somewhere. exactly where I was going with yeah. this. Um, I think the only reason he's at Ole Miss still is because Alabama is not open. Um, I don't know if there's been any backdoor channels, but the fact that Auburn didn't try to leak that they were interviewing Lane last year, are you kidding me? Like, Auburn's got all the money in the world. They would have flo- they, they flirted with him so hot and heavy. And the only reason he would have said no was because that would have automatically removed him from coaching at Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. I think, and again, I, I t- we, we obviously talked to some, some back channel sources on this stuff. And if you want to know what might happen to college football coaching in like four or five years, I don't know. Go talk to like the top 15 quarterbacks in 2027. I know that sounds crazy, but go, go talk to a parent of a quarterback who knows they're going to be a top 100 player in like five years. Go, go see, because you know what they're going to get? They're going to get the real. They are going to get the real because that player, they know they aren't recruiting him for 18 months from now. They're recruiting him 42 months from now. And that difference in, in thought process will give those players and those parents in that group of intel, that's the real. That's the updated going to be what it might be in a couple of years. And uh, there's always been rumblings that Lane has had his eyes on this Alabama job. And, and I, I will tell you this, he's not, he is forevermore an SEC guy the rest of the time, I think. I think this conference has adopted him. I think this region of the country has adopted him. I think so much so that, of course, we're going to talk about the news of Lane today. We're going to talk about him in the National Hour. But so much so that like when stuff like that happens now, this region of the country goes to bat for him. They're like, nah, nah, Lane's right. Lane's right. Lane's right. People love him now. He is so much – he's won over so much of the uh, the public, uh, you, know, you know, relations, if you will – that I think this is 100% an SEC guy for a remainder. And guess what? There ain't going to be no better jobs than what Ole Miss is right now until Alabama comes open. Georgia ain't coming open. Uh, Tennessee not coming open and hiring him again. You know what I mean? Texas A&M, that's a lateral – I mean, it's kind of a lateral move for the most part. There's more money in There's more A&M. money, yeah. But, I mean, he's Lane Kiffin. He's, he's making – he's probably the third highest, fourth highest paid coach in the conference right now alone. Now – the resources around that contract at other programs are certainly better than Ole Miss. But, dude, when you're winning nine or two games at that conference or in that, that school making six and a half, seven million dollars a year, sit on your hands until Nick Saban walks away. And, by the way, the only football coach in America right now, outside of maybe Kirby Smart, that I would say, he'd have no quips about doing that. Yeah, no fears. No fears about walking in behind a goat. Would he? No, he wouldn't care. He's not cared. You're not scared. I think Lane Kiffin is the perfect balance for the SEC of enough gimmick and enough I'm here for business and whatnot that you don't really get from a whole lot of other SEC coaches. You know, he's not doing the thing where he's showing up to a press conference in a Darth Vader costume, Mm. but he's also just not out here running – or he's not out here running his mouth enough to where he's getting himself in trouble. But he does enough of poking the bear a little bit. He does enough of tattletaling on Nick Saban for being a bad friend and ignoring him and being little brother and whatnot. (laughs) But he's also very much a football mind of like if you listen to him this week a little bit of like his comments of we know we're playing with house money and we know what the job is and we know exactly what we need to do to go into Athens and get a win. We know what it takes. And I think that's good for the SEC because you don't get a lot of that from guys like Kirby Mm -hmm. Smart, Nick Saban, even Billy Napier. You kind of get it a little bit from Brian Kelly, just enough. But I think he's just the perfect balance and a great addition to the SEC. You got anything? No, I, I agree. I think he's a lifer. He's going to stick around in this conference for a while. Now, that being said, uh, because he's already, he's already burnt bridges at so many different big yeah, programs. Yes. Like, USC wouldn't hire him again. Mm-hmm. And, and I would only imagine he would go to a program that's outside of the SEC for, for like, preeminent dominance. And there's only, like, four of those programs outside of this conference. What about, like, uh, Michigan, maybe? That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, like, one of the four. It's Michigan, Ohio State, USC. I mean, that's really it. Maybe Oregon. You can argue. Is, yeah, is I think that's on lock right job. now with Lanning. Huh? I think that's on lock right now with Lanning. For sure. 
I think some of the conference realignment could change the discussion about some of these programs, yeah. though. At least, like, uh, down the road, like three or four years from now, we might be talking about some of these programs a little differently than we were today. Chat's talking about Lane being patient. I don't know if that would ever have been – like, ten years ago, no way we would ever yeah. have thought that word would ever be associated with this, co this coach. I think that's a, another thing. He's gotten plenty of praise about it, and we got cr some criticism coming for him in the National Hour, but – He's gotten plenty of praise about like uh, his maturity and the, and just the things that he's changed over the years. Oh yeah, um, and and how he's morphed into this this Ole Miss program. Um, but I always remember you talking about uh, this discussion of is this the end game? I always remember uh, an interview he did with one of my favorite shows. I don't, I don't listen to a lot of content, but I have religiously listened to the Dan Levitard show for the last ten years. Okay, religiously listen to them. And Lane's about the only football coach they'll ever interview because Lane's fun and Lane will tell you his honest truth and, and Lane's not going to bullshit you and give you coach speak. And they were laughing with Lane about how much old, or the state of Mississippi sucks and how there's nothing to do and how it's boring and all this stuff. And Lane was like, yeah, I mean, we got a lake out here, you know, but it's kind of muddy and that kind of sucks. He said, if you're into pontoon boats, that's kind of cool. But I kind of like blue water, not brown water. And you could understand why. And he kind of mm. like made these jokes. And, like, laugh. and yeah, he's settled in there. But like he still makes jokes about where he's at, right? He's still very honest about where he's at. He's very honest and forthcoming about how high school football players don't want to go there. Because it's Ole Miss. It's Oxford. Like, it's a square downtown with pretty girls everywhere, everywhere, okay, in the middle of nowhere. And that's about it, all right? And if you can get kids to sign up for that, then good on you, but you're not going to be recruiting at a top 10 level annually unless you're cheating. Mm -hmm. And everyone can cheat now, so you ain't going to cheat better than anybody else. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I saw the chat talking about something, and I, I want to give it some love. They're hyping up our Discord chat right about now mm -hmm. in that YouTube chat. Uh, if you're looking for a place to talk dogs all day and just slack off from your employer, uh, maybe you are an employer. Maybe you're a boss and you got ample free time in this world. That's probably not true. But, hey, if you want to burn some time, if you want a community uh, surrounded by dog fans, head over to patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Your membership over there comes with a uh, an additional invite to our Discord lobby and our Discord chat. And uh, we dropped a hellacious nug in that Discord chat before the show tonight. Uh, and if you want that and you're going to want that, head over to Discord today, Discord or, uh, excuse me, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a good weekend for the University of Georgia, I believe. Let's move on, boys. Let's go to give them three. Uh, give me three bold predictions for Saturday. Do you want me to go first? I'll go Please. first. Okay. You'll go first? I'll I go like first. that. Go ahead. Take an initiative. Oh, I, I didn't like that, just give me three. I know. I, I forgot to tell you that it was well, a I did three. three. Uh, you know, I've kind of gotten into the habit just of like any it. topic, I'm yeah, going to nah, give three. Just give me three. Just in case. One of them you've already mentioned a little bit, but I think Georgia finishes today with four sacks, at least four mm. sacks on Saturday. I think they're going to be able to now get I after the one. quarterback. Now I have two. <laughs> I think especially with the injury to their starting right tackle, I think that only um, puts even more injury to them. Pun not intended there. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Georgia finishes with at least four sacks. Lad McConkey goes nuclear. I think he might have a career best day. Of hey, whoever elite is, you are indeed elite because you just joined the Discord <laughs> as we were telling you. So good job on you. Go ahead. My bad. No, I'm, you're I'm good. I, yeah, good Lad McConkey goes nuclear. I think he has a career best day at, um, since he's been at the it. University of Georgia. No wonder you wanted to go first. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think 84 has a great day. Just because we've talked about how the defense struggles to tackle. Lad McConkey obviously great at making defenders miss already and getting yards after the catch. He's already a favorite target of um, of Beck, so I think Lad McConkey is going to have a massive day. My last one, everybody's going to enjoy this one. Brock Bowers gets a touchdown. Ooh. I have none. You have none? <laughs> no, I have many now. Bro, he just cooked you right there. Yeah. Dang, yeah. you need some original thoughts. Y'all got to quit riding together. It was, whoa, to, original thought. Today was a if I went right. first, he wouldn't have the original thought. Started to think about? like twins. Huh? I guess. That's a little scary. Y'all are the furthest thing from twins. Yeah, definitely. The furthest sure. thing from twins. I, you cannot be more polar opposites. I agree. That's what I love most about working with you guys. Because <laughs> you're so opposite. Ooh. Hey, shouts out Jamie Goodman right there. Uh, I wish there was a way we could flash that on the board. Uh, but if you can look right now in the chat, Jamie Goodman just hit us with a $50 super sub, and that will go to five free subs. So if you're listening to the chat right now, if you're listening to the show, uh, hit me up on my email at uh, brooks7711 at gmail.com. First five to get in right there. We'll get those first free subs over to patreon.com. Shouts out to Unk right there. One of our mainstays in the Discord, always holding it down over there as well. Um, all right. Let's uh, continue with our three bold predictions. Hey, Jay will give him three. Um, I'll go ahead and make some up on the spot right now. I think Oscar Delp has an explosive. I'm talking about 40-plus. All right, I'm talking about a ripper. I'm talking about wide open, all right, and then runs 20, 25 yards after the catch before he's ultimately dragged down just inside the red zone. That's exactly how that's going to play out. You just heard me right here. Um, I think Georgia does have the four sacks that you talked about. I'm going to raise you uh, a special team swing play. I'm going to raise oh, you a special team swing play. Look at you. Yep, I'm going to raise you a special team Look at you making special, special team, team predictions like they don't matter. Well, it's off the cuff, so every once in a while I'll be bullshitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smile Mondon absolutely eats on Saturday. Smile Mondon absolutely eats on Saturday. I'm talking about double-digit tackles. I'm talking about uh, is a vocal leader. I'm talking about we open the press conference at the end of the game with Kirby Smart giving praise to number two and his performance. Hey, for myself, give him three. You got Dude, me? we got another one. Oh, we're, we were rattling them off. Paul Taylor hit us with another 50. This is how it be sometimes, man. This is how it be sometimes. All, all it takes is that ball to get to rolling, and then all of a sudden people want to get other people involved in on their action. Uh, guys, I think what this says about as we get another $50 super sub, so now we have another free. That's 10 free subs today over on Patreon.com. What this says every time this happens, and it doesn't happen all the time. Don't get me wrong, because um, I wouldn't ask. I don't, I don't provoke them. This just happens. But when this happens, what you're seeing is multiple people want you involved on what they love. You know, that, that's what that is. That they, they are so adamant about bringing people and sharing the good news that they're willing to pay for you to enjoy it. So come enjoy it. I promise you, you will not regret it. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Uh, guys, speaking of Patreon, uh, the visitors list is absolutely slam packed. Um, I think there were, I think I put what, 45 names, something like that on the Patreon list this morning uh, or this afternoon on the visitors list. And I'm, I'm going to give you, because I don't want to diminish their uh, subscription over there. I don't want to give you all the goodies. Yeah, it's a fat ass list. Uh, I don't want to give you the goodies too much, but I will tell you right now, the number one players in 2024, 2025, and 2026 will be in attendance on Saturday. Okay, that's Dylan Rayola in 2024. I don't care what your rankings say. He's the number one player in America um, before all these goofy rebumps got hit. Um, and he's playing phenomenally this year, by the way. Can't, can't explain to me how a guy goes from being the number one player in America playing Arizona friggin' football, comes over to Georgia, plays 7A, balls the F out. I mean, my God, balling out right now. 
ratings drop. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Won't ever get it. But nonetheless, you got him. Uh, Elijah Griffin going to be in town, the defensive lineman uh, from Savannah Christian. I want to see him so bad, but every time I'm like in his area, he's playing one of his, you know, annual, we're going to beat this team by 70 and I'm going to be out by the first quarter. Um, so it's really, really hard to go see him, but nonetheless. And Julian Lewis, the number one player in 2026, going to be in town as well. My question to you guys, um, and I know I don't want to make it too much about this football player, but he is the, the highest ranked quarterback to come out of the state of Georgia since Jake or, uh, Justin Fields. Um, and probably going to be the highest ranked ever to come out of the state of Georgia. He's going to probably break every passing record that is available in the state of Georgia, um, and he might win a, a state title this year in, in 6A. What would it take for Julian Lewis to decommit from USC? Lincoln Riley going to the uh, NFL. Right? Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, there's already been some kind of reasons now, even with Lincoln Riley there, of like, ooh, I don't know if that is the place for me to be now, especially after watching this season of Julian Lewis, like we just mentioned, is an insane talent. Caleb Williams, an insane talent. Hasn't exactly produced a whole lot of results. Now, that may not be what Julian Lewis wants to do in college football, but I would assume he, it would be. It'd be a huge factor for him because he is such a high competitor. I mean, heck, he went to a state title last year as a true freshman for that very reason. I mean, I don't want to speak for that family, but I would imagine they chose Carrollton for the exact same reasons why you would choose a Georgia stability like mm -hmm. confidence in the program confidence in the consistency of the program confidence in the development of the program confidence in everything but the like you knew the results on the field were going to be there as well but and granted joey king's offense is far more suited to air raid than even george's is from a high school perspective but that being said i, I think it's very very plausible that within the next 24 months lincoln riley is not the head coach at mm -hmm. usc absolutely um and this is why i always felt it was I was a little surprised when Julian made the decision that he did as early as he did. I wasn't surprised that it was USC and Lincoln. That, that always checked out. Great quarterbacks want to play for that guy. That makes sense. Um, he, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. The development speaks for itself. The first-round pedigree speaks for itself. I just didn't understand the, the, the reasons to make the decision this early because the landscape of college football is going to look totally different in 36 months when he's actually ready to enroll. Um, so it, it was always a little bit weird there for me. But I don't even if he were even if something were to happen to Lincoln out at USC, I don't necessarily think that automatically makes you the, the front runner for Julian Lewis. I still think there's some ground to be made up there. But no, the visitors list is packed. And I didn't expect it to be uh, a year where the, the visitors list looks good. I mean, these are the first or a handful of official visitors I've seen in a, in a long time, and two of them are JUCO kids, yeah. you know. So most of the official visits were done during the summer. The only high school kid on, on an OV this week is Nasir Johnson, the defensive tackle commit uh, to Florida. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of flippage alert right there. Be paying attention to that one, I would imagine. Um, but anyways, it is a loaded list. Uh, we have another super sub in here from our guy. Who is that? J2H Izzo. Oh, J to the Izzo. I'm an idiot. Oof. J to the Izzo. Yeah, so there you go. I think that uh, guy's a rapper or something. Yeah, something like that. I think so. The Izzo? Any coach at Michigan State? <laughs> Tom Izzo? I thought so. Yeah, he's Michigan State head coach. He's not a rapper. What are you talking about? Um, I don't know. Shouts out to the half subs. I think we're up to – that's 12 now? Yeah. What about 12 free subs? So hit me up. Brooks7711 at Gmail. Dot com. I've already got a handful uh, of messages in my direct message or my, uh, yep, 
So they're, they're starting to get picked off. So make sure you're running over there and getting those. Um, what do we want to talk about, guys? We want to talk about whether or not we need the rain to F off. Um, do we want to talk about Guess That Dog? I want to uh, play Guess That Dog. You want to play Guess That Dog? Yeah. I, I like, fun. I like fun. these games. I only got one this week. This was tough. That's okay. You ready? Let's hear it. All right. So uh, this dog is from the state of Florida. Okay. This dog wears a single digit. Okay. This dog is an underclassman. This dog was an Adidas All-American. This dog plays defense. Starting rotation? No. Jonel? No. He's not from Florida, by the way. He's from, by way of Florida ING. I can't. Mass. It, uh. You want to run him down again? He's from Florida. He wears a single digit. He's an underclassman, was an Adidas, Adidas All-American, and plays defense. Let's see if the chat can beat you guys Not tonight. I think they might rotation. be able to. Raylan? Raylan's a tremendous guess. It's the one I want to debate you with, but it is not Raylan. Mm. Wow. I'm trying to think of all the long hair. Digits. Long hair. Growing it out. Wasn't long when he signed. Growing it out. Is it Marvin Jones? It is Marvin Jones oh, Jr. Nice. Got a boy. Nice. Guess that dog. Dang. I thought Raylan was definitely it. Once I thought about it, I was like, dang, it's got to be Raylan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what I was trying. I was trying to bait you with Raylan, uh, especially the – the. and here was the it's not Raylan. Raylan was an Under Armour All-American. Uh, I want to say same we, saw Mar we saw Marvin out in San Antonio. Yeah. Or maybe I, well, you didn't go with me that year. No, I was not there that year. This okay. was my first year. You weren't year there Michael Williams year. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. It was so fun. I want to tell you all a story about this. So – Michael obviously worked out with Chuck uh, Smith, who now is in the NFL, I believe, as a pass rush specialist with the Baltimore Ravens. So he's like bona fide NFL dude. Um, and Chuck Smith, who played for the Falcons and worked out with a bunch of Georgia football players, always trained Michael from when he was like 15, 16, all the way up until even at the time he was at Georgia before Chuck went and worked for Baltimore. That's why you saw Michael uh, be so refined when he first got to the uh, to the uh, Georgia to the SEC. Right, he was able to kind of not necessarily dominate, but he was able to play and be an impactful player as a freshman. A lot of that was due to the fact that he was so skilled with his hands and so developed with his hand fighting skills. And uh, we're out there in San Antonio, and I'm watching Michael and Marvin. And at this time, Marvin had just committed, I believe it was, or they're both Georgia commits at the time. And Marvin's over there, like, really, really picking Michael's brain. Like, just like, how, how are you doing this? And what did you do here? And, and Michael's running him down through all the training. And they're, they're going through these, like, one-on-one -on -one sessions while everybody else is just, like, dicking around. You've been out there. It's very, yeah. very low. It's very, very low uh, energy. Not a lot of people really focused. And here these two five-stars are over there just talking about their own little bag, you know, going going through the motion, not going through the motions, but literally going through the physical motions of what they were ultimately going to do. And first thing I thought was, damn, Michael, super, super smart. Other thing I thought was, hey, this Marvin dude, he's going to do what it takes to figure it out. You know what I mean? He wasn't privy to that type of information, uh, you know, during his time in South Florida. Gets around someone who's got it, and he wants to soak it up like a sponge. And then 18 months later, 24 months later, we hear Kirby Smart talking about how he, Marvin, is one of the smartest football players that they have on their roster and one of the most diligent learners that they have on their roster. We learned that in 2021, in January of 2021, mm -hmm. when he was out there in San Antonio. It's why that trip is so vital to me, um, but it's also why I'm okay with sometimes completely wasting time out there, which we do. We waste time in San Antonio a lot 
because they make us stand around and watch walkthroughs. But sometimes you learn things, mm -hmm. and that was one of those things. So, yeah. All right, that was Guess That Dog. Uh, this rain, dude, this rain forecast. You wrote the article today. It's since changed since you even wrote the article. Yeah. What's the latest on the rain? So, latest on the rain, let me pull it up real quick. I think it was saying that by kickoff time, it's down to like 30% chance. So, it's going to be a hit or miss, I think. Can I speak selfishly? Go ahead. I don't care if it rains during the game. I'm in a box. Don't rain pregame. You're just killing the vibes. Out there, got me walking around in the swamp, in the in the muddy shoes. Man, I can't I can't wear no kicks on Saturday. Can't wear shit. I can, I'm a, I'm a, I'm be out here looking like a regular Jimmy. Oh, you think the shoes set you that much apart? I mean, yeah, hmm. yeah, they do. I, really, I, I uh, it's I mean, it's part of me. It, it is part of my persona. But no, I get far more compliments on my shoes than anything else. Now that's because I'm dirt ugly, but you know. <laughs> I got to have something. Hey, man, uh, nice nice shoes. Yeah. I mean, every time a Georgia player sees shoes, they always look down and they go, nice shoes. I don't get nice hair. I don't get nice voice. You know, I get nice shoes, though. So, yeah. So, latest on, latest on the rain is it's expected to start around 11, and it's supposed to clear up by one-ish. One-ish. Which would be six hours before kickoff, but again – weather changes you've got another 48 hours before that's a set in stone thing so i would bring a rain jacket if you're coming on saturday bring that raincoat georgia weather in a nutshell especially as a fact of 80 this, what the hell this entire know. week it's been uh, like especially in the evenings though like when when it gets dark in which it is going to be dark around kickoff it's been perfect football weather like mm. a nice chill i can put a hoodie on but have my shorts on still and just be comfortable i know you're laughing at that anyways Bro. For a six foot seven man from Northeast Georgia, you dress like a soccer player, like dead oh, ass. Oh, whoa, bro! I, I've I've met a lot of soccer players in my life. They don't never wear pants in the winter. They're always in shorts. Yeah, I, I'm always in shorts. I mean, I like to be in shorts too, but you know, how do I dress? You got to put some pants on every once in a while. I don't really know. I can't figure you out. Um, not without insulting you right now on live air. What was that? I don't care. Go ahead. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you dress. I don't know how I dress. I think I dress no, like. No, uh, what were you gonna say? I don't know. You you try things. You go for it. Yeah. You go for it. I got, some people would call that douchey. Yeah. Hmm. You hopped out of the car one day with them sunglasses on. You know the ones. I, the ones I always car. wear. Yeah, those. You hopped out of the car with them sunglasses on the other day, and not the other. This was a couple months ago, and my wife was like, "Golly, what is he wearing?" And I'm like, you know, and my my wife makes no like she never makes any bad comments about anybody. Um, but yeah, she was ready to call you the D word, no doubt. <laughs> it is what it is. Ain't no doubt about it. Um, it is what it is, and that's okay. Um, because we work hard and we're fun. Yeah. And we're fun to hang out with, and I think our audience members enjoy that as well. Um, yeah, but the rain does need to get out of here. I think yeah. it really kills. It dampens the Dude. recruiting vibe too. I see all those recruits, man. As soon as the rain comes, they go inside. They immediately vacate inside. I just want to be able to enjoy the game. That's it, man. I don't want to have to deal with rain and bring a rain jacket and sit there cold and miserable. Like, it's don't want none of that, man. Brooks dresses like a European gangster, all tracksuits. <laughs> tracksuits are nice. I got one. I, I Yeah, I got a couple Let's of them. Let's wear tracksuits one day. I'm going to be decked out in all Lulu this fall or this winter. Too expensive. Oh, just Lulu pants. Yeah, way too expensive. Too expensive. No, just hey. buy one pair. Just no. buy one pair. Let and me just tell rock you. Rock them. I went yeah, to. Yeah, no, you see the face. I, I get it. You, you can't wash rock them every day. You can wash them? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to dry them too long. They dry pretty quickly. I went to TJ Maxx the other day and I got yeah. me 
that green long oh, sleeve shirt. Femin? Oh, dude, it, it's femin? just as good, and it was twenty bucks. Dude, Fufu Femin fucks. Yeah, ah. <laughs> he tried to use the he was trying to use the F word, trying to make an alliteration. Alliteration, yeah, you know, <laughs> it just slipped. Nah, but Fufu Femin be out here, dog. Yeah. I like the Fufu Femin. What do we I have left? Um, we have final predictions left. Do you want to hit them? Sure, we can do that. Yeah, let's go with you guys first. What do you got? I'll let you go first, Christian. Thanks, man. So, I think. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are too good at what they do to be absolutely shut out in this game. Mm. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score points at some point. There are going to be times when you're a Georgia fan in the stands going, what the hell is going on? Or, oh, God, are we going to lose this game? But I also think that Kirby Smart, Georgia, this crowd, all of the above are way too good, way too skilled to lose this game as well. So I think Georgia wins. It's going to not be a shootout, but it's going to be an interesting game. I'll go like a 35-23 to 23 final score. What do you got? Nice, simple, and sweet. Listen up, everybody. <laughs> I think Georgia covers. Ooh. I think Georgia dominates. I think Georgia earns the number one spot after this weekend. 41-24, dogs roll. I like it. I like it. Um, I've, I've said it. I, the, the staggering numbers, we don't, we don't lean on a lot of statistical evidence around here except for you. Um, I'm more film-based. Always have been. Uh, I, I, I go off my gut, my graphics utilization tactics, all right? I watch it, I study it, and I go, hmm, this is what's going to happen, all right? And that's not always right, um, but it's a lot of times it, it goes kind of the way I think it is. Um, I think when we do those score predictions every single week, we're pretty dead on. Now, this helps that Georgia constantly wins football games. Yeah. So, it makes it way, way easier. And we've never been wrong on the win-loss call. I have not. <laughs> have not been wrong. No no graphics coming out on that one from Dogs Daily being a bunch of homers picking Georgia when they shouldn't have won. Um, but nonetheless, except for LSU 2019. LSU Ooh, 2019, yeah. uh, I think I was the only one on the beat or on the, on the site that chose against them. And, boy, did I get flamed, which is like, I mean, come on, guys. Um, but, no, uh, we study it. We, we take a look at it. And uh, then we go searching for stats. And I have never, we've been doing this four years, I have never come away with a staggering stat as deep and as, as uh, well thought out and well versed and true as the one we came up with this week about how this offense does not travel. Um, 20, points, 20 points per game fewer on the road this year, 17 points per game fewer over the last two seasons has been this offense. Um, that's not standard. That's not normal. Georgia's at about three and a half points per game fewer, I think, on the road is what yeah. you sent us, and about 12 yards fewer on the road. Uh, Ole Miss this year, 200 yards fewer on the road than they are at home. I think Georgia controls this football game for three quarters with Ole Miss getting a score late. Uh, I like Georgia 34 to 20 in this football game. You didn't give us an actual score. Yeah, dude, I said 35-23. Okay, 35-23. So we're all about around. You don't think they cover. Or is this is 10. That's 10. 12 points. 10 and, 10 and a half right now. It's 10 and a half. I thought it might have been 12. Um, all right. So, 10 and a half. We all have them covering. Uh, do we have anything else? Can you guys, real quick, I've been wanting to ask you all this for a while. Uh, Thursdays, we normally give you thoughts on broad, or we used to give you thoughts on broad. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, rate, and do all that good stuff. Um, somebody explain to me beer dye. What is ah. it? Why do I see, why do I see fraternity brothers throwing dice up in the air what are we doing and then kicking and playing hacky sack what are we doing another reason to drink well that's it's that's the well, main be a man pull up a chair and swig <laughs> i mean what are we doing oh my goodness i've only played it like a handful what of is times. it explain it to me real it's, quick it's basically a game where you and a team you and another partner you throw a die up to it and it's at a certain height 
It has to bounce on the table and bounce off. You have to catch the other team has to catch with one hand. If they don't catch it, it's a point for you. If they catch it, nothing happens. You can do that till you get to twenty one. Now the cups on the corner of the table. If you hit a cup, it's three points. If it goes in, some people play you automatically win. You have to kill the drink, things like that. But it's basically just another drinking game. Where's the drinking though? At the end of it, I guess. At the end of it, if it yeah. hits the cup, you have to take a drink. If it goes in, you have to kill your drink. Things like that. It's the definition of uh, we were broke and we had a table and some beer in the fridge. Okay. Like that's how this game and was only originated. one cup or only a handful of cups. No, it's four cups. You just one need four cups. cups. One on each corner. So the, maybe it was we want to play beer pong. Oh, we only have four cups and, and a, we have and a, a die. Random dice mm-hmm. sitting around. So the let's kicking comes in where yeah. if it comes off the table, you kick it up and your partner catches it, you get the point. Yeah. So are you standing on the same side of the table as your partner? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's actually pretty fun. It sounds like it. I mean, but it sounds way more active than uh, oh, standard yeah. beer pong. Yeah. Oh, it definitely yes, is. for sure. Takes have you some... ever played Chandelier? Maybe. Similar game. Maybe. I mean, they, um, they change the name of games every five yeah, years. I don't know. You know, we don't we don't have any reasons to drink anymore. Um well, we have plenty of reasons to drink. We don't have any ways to do it. Um, but nonetheless, do we have anything else, guys? I'm, I'm good with wrapping it up. I don't want to drag too much. I'm good. All right, let's do it. Hey, we have another hour, okay, another national hour of college football content. Hey, if you like college football, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Ole Miss scandal coming up. Michigan had a, a 10-page letter. I'm going to save you some reading. I'm going to bring you some intel on that. And we have final predictions for the rest of the college football slate. Please, I've been begging you. There's a bunch of y'all watching right now. Give us a chance. Give us a chance to be your national college football uh, show here in about two minutes. We'll see you over there.